0: Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. James Blend is producing Clark Hilton Engineering. Dan Rice has given up the use of his office for the sake of the cause. On today's program, we're going to try to make sense of the last few days. An Illinois Republican is saying the 25th Amendment Should be invoked against President Trump because it doesn't seem like anybody is really manning the executive branch. Well, the Illinois Republican says, It pains me, Representative Adam Kinzinger told host Neil Cavuto. It's a huge burden, but the top thing that we have to swear to do is to protect the people, protect the people's house, and that failed yesterday. The 25th Amendment was adopted in 1967 following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy with the purpose of clarifying the the, uh, passing of presidential power to the vice president when the chief executive becomes incapacitated. Well, under the terms, a written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office must be submitted by the vice president and a majority of cabinet secretaries. Well, Kinzinger added that he's not the only House Republican to support invoking the 25th Amendment. I can't go into names, he said, but I've had those uh, conversations, whether they have the, uh, uh, want to take the step coming out and calling for it publicly. Uh, I'll let them make that personal decision. Well, Neil Cavuto, Cavuto rather, noted that Kinzinger has said for some time that Trump is unfit for office, and the lawmaker added that the president is guilty of spreading conspiracy theories as well. Representative Kensinger he added that he believes Trump should not seek to run president uh, for president again in 2024, and he noted there will always be a hardcore Trump base, but argued that his supporters should make their case for their a civic platform without the president's involvement going forward. So, again, many calls for invoking the 25th Amendment. I'm not sure you can argue that he's incapacitated, which means physically unable, um, but we'll see if uh, that move that's been called for two weeks before the inauguration of the next administration actually gains any traction <clears throat> at all. Well, a U.S. Capitol Police officer died on Thursday night after suffering injuries during Wednesday's rioting in Washington. Police confirmed in a statement the officer was identified as Brian Sicknick, a member of the department's first responders unit, who joined the force in July of 2008. Sicknick's death will be investigated as a homicide, the Capitol Police said, with a probe handled by Capitol Police, Washington's Metropolitan Police and federal agencies. Sicknick was on duty at the Capitol when he was injured while physically engaging with protesters, the statement said. The officer collapsed after the attack and was taken to a local hospital where he died 9.30 p.m. on Thursday. A police motorcade was captured on social media Thursday night, escorting Sicknick on Constitution Avenue in Washington. Officers were seen lining the front of the Capitol in silence in honor of the officer. Members of Congress began sharing their condolences after the announcement of Sicknick's death. Well, Capitol Police Chief Stephen son. He announced his resignation Thursday, a day after protesters breached the Capitol, overran his officers and prompted condemnations from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle in Washington, including a call for him to step down from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. It has been a pleasure and true honor to serve the United States Capitol Police Board and the congressional community alongside the women and men of the United States Capitol Police, he wrote. He said the resignation would take effect on Sunday, January 16th. During a news conference about the charges against the rioters earlier in the day, acting U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, Michael Sherwin, he had said that the Capitol Police's handling of the breach made our job more difficult. Why they, those who broke in, weren't zip-tied as they left the building, I don't know, Sherwin said. In a statement, the D.C. Police Union, which represents the city's Metropolitan Police Department, not its uh, counterparts on Capitol Hill, said its efforts uh, responded after Capitol Police called For backup. And the U.S. Capitol Police are investigating the killing of a woman who entered the U.S. Capitol building on the 6th during the joint sessions of Congress. These individuals actively attacked United States Capitol Police officers and other uniformed law enforcement officers with metal pipes, discharged chemical irritants and took up other weapons against our officers. They were determined to enter into the Capitol building by causing great damage, the police force chief Stephen Sun said on January 7th in a statement. Well, as the individuals forced their way toward the House chambers where members of Congress were sheltered in place, a sworn U.S. Capitol Police employee discharged their service weapon, striking an adult female, Sun said. The female was later identified as Ashley Babbitt, a U.S. Air Force veteran, she was 35. Medical assistance was given to her before she was taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. The U.S. Capitol Police employee who discharged their weapon was placed on administrative leave pending a joint investigation with the Metropolitan Police Department into the matter. Video footage showed a male firing his weapon and striking her. While well, the police chief, Robert Conte, III told reporters during a press conference on the 7th that his department was handling the probe into the death. Three additional deaths took place on Capitol grounds, but their circumstances weren't detailed. A senior Justice part, uh, Department official on Friday said that law enforcement took Richard Barnett into custody in Little Rock, Arkansas after a viral photograph showed him sitting inside House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office with one leg resting on her desk. After the break in, Barnett's uh, Told local media he was looking for the bathroom when he saw the door to Pelosi's office and that it was open. I sat down here in my desk. I'm a taxpayer, I'm a patriot. That ain't her desk. We loaned her that desk, he reportedly said, and she ain't appreciating the desk. So I thought I would sit down and appreciate the desk, end quote. Well, he was charged with violent entry and theft of public property, among other things. Previous reports allege that he took a letter from Pelosi's office. A second suspect, Lonnie Kaufman, whom AL.com identified as being 70 years old, was found to have been in possession of two handguns, an assault rifle and 11 Molotov cocktails, That included gasoline and materials that appeared to constitute homemade napalm. Kaufman from Falkville, Alabama, was identified after police linked him to a suspicious red GMC pickup truck with Alabama plates. Also charged were Mark Leffingwell. Accused of knowingly entering restricted ground and assaulting an officer after he entered the Capitol, court papers released uh, Thursday in connection with his U.S. Capitol Police arrest show that he repeatedly punched the U.S. CP officer in the helmet and chest. The fourth man is Christopher Michael Alberts, a Maryland man accused of illegally entering the Capitol while in possession of a loaded Taurus 9mm handgun, as well as a separate magazine filled with ammunition. Not sure what they thought they were going to do with those munitions, but the fact that they were carried into the Capitol is troubling. Alberts, who was wearing a bulletproof vest, had immediately tried to flee before police detained him. Court papers show he's also allegedly had a pocket knife at the time. Alberts told police he had the gun for personal protection and did not intend on using the firearms to harm anyone. Officials previously announced the arrests of 82 individuals, that's up from 70 at the state, local and federal levels. The FBI Washington field office early Friday morning released 40 photographs of people who are still wanted in connection with Wednesday's events. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos has resigned from the Trump administration last night, a day after uh, protesters descended on the Capitol, breaking through security barriers and forcing lawmakers to evacuate the Senate floor. DeVos is the second member of the president's uh, cabinet to quit in response to the riot after Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao submitted her resignation earlier on Thursday. Impressionable children are watching all of this, and they are learning from us. I believe we each have a moral obligation to exercise good judgment and model the behavior we hope they will emulate. They must know from us that America is greater than what transpired yesterday. To that end, today I resign from my position, effective Friday, January 8th, in support of the oath I took to our Constitution, our people, and our freedoms, she wrote, in her resignation letter, DeVos also lamented that the rioting distracted from celebrating the Trump administration's accomplishments as his presidency comes to a close and rebuked the president for contributing to the violence with his rhetoric. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast, is aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Well, not surprisingly, House Democrats are drafting new articles of impeachment against the president following a deadly riot on Capitol Hill. Wednesday, in that failed attempt to stop Congress from certifying Joe Biden's presidential victory. Representatives uh, David Sicilian of Rhode Island, Jamie Raskin of Maryland, Ted Lieu of California are taking the lead on drafting an article of impeachment for Trump's efforts to incite his supporters to charge the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday in a major security breach, forcing lawmakers to evacuate to secure locations. Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota has also been circulating articles of impeachment. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi discussed impeachment efforts on Friday afternoon in a call with the Democratic Caucus. Earlier Friday, Pelosi said that she had spoken to Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark um, Miley, about protecting the nuclear codes from an unhinged president. Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer of New York had pushed for Trump's immediate removal from office through the 25th Amendment, arguing it's too dangerous to keep Trump in power until January 20th when Biden is inaugurated. But Vice President Mike Pence and the cabinet don't remove Um, if they don't remove President Trump, which seems unlikely, Democrats seem to have broad support among the caucus for a second round of impeachment. Following the president's dangerous and seditious acts, Pelosi uh, wrote in a letter to her fellow Democrats, um, we need to call on Trump to depart his office immediately. She went on to say, if the president does not leave office imminently and willingly, the Congress will proceed with our action. Now, much of The Trump administration was spent trying to impeach him, so this isn't too far afield of what we've witnessed over the last several years. But nonetheless, this is the last salvo before Trump steps away from the White House and is uh, uh, replaced by the next president of the United States, President-elect Joe Biden. Meanwhile, President Trump on Thursday called on the country to heal and to have faith following civil unrest on Capitol Hill. He told Americans that he has now turned his focus on ensuring a smooth, orderly and seamless transition of power to a new administration that will be inaugurated on the 20th of January in a brief video message released on Thursday night. Hours earlier, Congress certified the electoral votes for former Vice President Joe Biden in an emotionally charged joint session. This came after a group of protesters waving American and Trump flags stormed the Capitol. The mayhem left at least four people dead, three for medical reasons, and a dozen police officers injured, one now known to have died. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation, Trump said. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on earth will require all of us working together. It will require a uh, renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family, end quote. Well, the president also condemned the acts of violence that transpired during the protests that disrupted lawmakers during their joint session. Where they were um, counting electoral votes, lawmakers were forced to suspend their session and shelter in place as police and security attempted to seize control of the situation. Like all Americans, the president went on to say, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness and mayhem. I immediately deploy the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seed of American democracy. He warned that people who broke the law would have to pay, adding that those who engage in violence and destruction do not represent our country. We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high, but now tempers must be cooled and calm. The media, lawmakers, former um, officials and other critics have put the blame on Trump on Wednesday's incident. The president had addressed a crowd in Washington where he reiterated his allegations about election irregularities and fraud and his dissatisfaction with the media and several lawmakers. Well, as protesters moved their demonstration to the U.S. Capitol, President Trump had been posting on Twitter throughout the afternoon, urging his supporters to remain peaceful. He also released a video, which has since been taken down on, by Twitter, that called on his supporters to go home now. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, she also said in a statement on Wednesday that the president had authorized the National Guard to assist with the situation at the U.S. Capitol. And the rest we know now as history in an extraordinary move, President Trump said uh, today that he will not be going to the inauguration of President elect Joe Biden. He will be the first since 1869 to skip the ceremony of his successor. Uh, To all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th, the president tweeted. Trump will be the fourth president to not attend his successor's inauguration. Former President John Adams, John Quincy Adams and Andrew Johnson did not attend their successor's inaugural ceremony, so it's not unprecedented. Trump's move to skip Biden's inauguration on the 20th is the first since 1869, however. The president's announcement came just days after he spoke at a rally on Wednesday. During his remarks, he renewed pressure on vice President Mike Pence claiming he should decertify the results. We know the outcome of that. His remarks earlier um, this week came ahead of the joint session of Congress and as members of the House and Senate raised objections to certain electoral votes, which they have a, a legal way of doing, both chambers called for a recess and left their chambers as the protesters approached the uh, the area. Well, I won't rehearse all of the events that took place, but the president will not be attending the inauguration, which will be significantly scaled back given the fact that Uh, The parade that is typical will not be possible because of COVID-19. Guests who are seated in the large area just outside the, the White House will not be able to attend, and much of it will be virtual. That's certainly characteristic of the time that we're in. So his not attending may be less of a big deal, if you will, than it might have been under typical circumstances. But nonetheless, it's probably in everyone's best interest that he not attend uh, and he has made the decision that he will not attend. It's sort of a sad omission given the spectacle of the transfer, the peaceful transfer of power. But nonetheless, under the circumstances, this may be in everybody's best interest. Healing and reconciliation. That's why uh, what Trump is now calling for while condemning the Capitol breach as a heinous attack. and other developments, riding at the Capitol exposed massive vulnerability, insecurity, and America's enemies took note. Bongino, who is a commentator, a political commentator, says the Capitol riot show 50 percent of security and public safety is political. Dan Crenshaw, he blasted fellow Republicans for lying to Trump supporters. The former ambassador Haley tells the GOP not to shy away from Trump era gains, but calls his recent conduct deeply disappointing. As I mentioned earlier, a U.S. Capitol police officer is dead following injuries suffered during Wednesday's riot. The U.S. Capitol officer died uh, Thursday night after suffering injuries. Uh, the officer was identified as Brian. Sicknick, a member of the department's first responders unit who joined the force in 2008. His death will be investigated as a homicide, the Capitol Police said, with probes handled by Capitol Police, Washington's Metropolitan Police and federal agencies. Sicknick was on duty at the Capitol when he was injured with, uh, while physically engaging with protesters. The officer collapsed after the attack, was taken to a local hospital where he died at 9.30 p.m. on Thursday. Capitol Police Chief Sund has issued a notice of uh, resignation. The Senate Sergeant at Arms has resigned amid backlash over the response to Capitol rioting. And Mitch McConnell has uh, ripped the shocking failures in Capitol security, while Chuck Schumer vows firings, which may not be necessary because of the resignations I've mentioned. Meanwhile, Vice President uh, Pence intends to oppose calls from both Democrats and Republicans in Congress to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove President Trump from office after the events of Wednesday. It's been confirmed the information with sources inside the vice president's office. Meanwhile, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said that they placed a call to the vice president, urging him to take steps to remove the president, even though the president has less than two weeks remaining in the White House before President-elect Joe Biden is inaugurated. We have not yet heard back from the Vice President, Pelosi said. Schumer said in a joint uh, statement on Thursday, the President's uh, dangerous and seditious acts necessitate his immediate removal from office, they went on to say. Lawmakers from both majority, uh, rather major parties, have called for Trump to be removed from office, either through 25th Amendment powers or a second impeachment. Though it's unlikely Congress would be able to get a second impeachment and trial done, before the 20th of January. But my guess is they would be willing to do it for the record. In other developments, Andrew McCarthy says use of the 25th Amendment to oust the president would be unconstitutional. And Biden is quiet on the 25th Amendment calls to remove the president, telling Pence, Cabinet and Congress to act as they see fit. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Again, looking at the news, uh, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris are being accused of gaslighting for suggesting a double standard between Capitol Hill rioters and peaceful, in quotes, BLM uh, protesters and rioters. And a Texas uh, lawyer who filmed Capitol riots, well, he's been fired from his job. President Trump's attorney overseeing the Pennsylvania lawsuit quit after the repugnant Capitol riots. And according to a study, those with mild coronavirus experience a loss of taste and smell in about 86 percent of the cases. Ashley Babbitt, the woman killed in the Capitol riots, is being described as a patriot who loved America with all of her heart, as well as an Air Force veteran. Well, a Pfizer study suggests the vaccine works against virus variants and rich New Yorkers' second homes are being targeted in a A proposed oligarch tax. Gavin Newsom wants to give an additional $600 stimulus to Californians. And Bitcoin slides more than 5% after topping $40,000 for the first time. Venture capital hits record high in U.S. in 2020 despite the pandemic. And Facebook tried to stop employees from discussing Trump and capital violence. President Trump condemned the heinous attacks on the Capitol, calling for healing and reconciliation, some saying too little, too late. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are calling for his immediate removal. And Transportation Secretary and wife of Mitch McConnell, Elaine Chao, has has resigned, as has Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. Senator James Inhofe says he's never seen Mike Pompeo so angry amid Trump's calls to block the election certification President Trump says he's uh, will not be going to the Biden inaug- inauguration. Rather, it was a much more difficult decision days ago, but less difficult now. Vice President Pence is expected to attend the inauguration. Well, Trump's legal team pulled four Georgia lawsuits aimed to overturn the Joe Biden win. In national security, a Capitol police officer has died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during those D.C. riots. And the head of the U.S. Capitol Police has resigned Effective January 16th, House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving also resigning. The U.S. lost 140,000 jobs, the first monthly loss since spring. Meanwhile, the trade deficit soars to a 14-year high in November. On the lighter side, uh, Malaysian engineers make uh, drones out of pineapples, and a porch pirate gets caught in the act, then gets his car stuck in the snow trying to escape. Apparently he didn't really think that one through. Well, President Trump has now conceded the election, saying on Thursday, now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. He also condemned the violence. Nikki Haley said Trump's behavior since the November election will be judged harshly by history. And Dr. Albert Moeller says that what we need to recognize is that the American experiment in constitutional self-government, coming right down to a separation of powers and even the constitutional debate of the 1780s about the office of president, recognized the likely danger of an individual who would come to power who would find it very difficult to relinquish power or who might try to upend the constitutional order. Lord Acton, the British political theorist and statesman, put this best when he reminds us that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's just another way of affirming the Christian and biblical doctrine of original sin and total depravity. This is the way sin works, and what we saw yesterday is that the American experiment, our commitment to orderly, ordered liberty, rather, was indeed tested. Peggy Noonan on the same subject points out that on the rioters, find them, drag them out of their basements and bring them to justice. Use all resources, whatever it takes, with focus and speed. We have pictures of half of them. Uh, They like to pose. They larked about, taking selfies and smiling, unashamed smiles. As one strolled out of the house podium, or rather with the house podium, they were um, so arrogant. Uh, they were quoted by name in news reports. It is so. Uh, it is our good luck that they are idiots capitalized on that luck. End quote. Uh, throw the book at them. Make it a book of uh, commentaries on the Constitution and throw it hard. Finally, Guy Benson on Twitter says some Capitol rioters seem to have been horribly bamboozled. People who got swept up in a moment and made terrible mistakes. Others. Traitorous terrorists very much seem to have had some sort of chilling plan. Think also of the bombs, their ongoing threats. Simon & Schuster has canceled Senator Hawley's book over politics. His book takes on big tech. The publisher didn't like his politics of late, and therefore they've canceled his book. A statement from uh, Mr. Hawley was made on uh, Twitter. Abigail Shire, she says, uh, you're not entitled um, Uh, You're not entitled to your book contract. It can quickly become United doesn't have to let you uh, onto its planes. Marriott doesn't have to let you stay in its hotels. Visa doesn't have to let you use its cards. And maybe that's the point. Meanwhile, Shopify now refuses to sell Trump merchandise. And Selena Gomez called on big tech to oust the politically incorrect. These are the days we're living in, and it only promises to get more challenging. The American Federation of Teachers proved to be classless, petty, and immature as DeVos exists, exits the job as secretary of education, the teachers union saying to her, good riddance. Uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, she joined in the anti-DeVos hatred with a specialized T-shirt. Went through a lot of trouble for that. They did this as she stepped down over the riots as DeVos criticized Trump for his rhetoric. Well, it's been learned that it was Antifa who harassed the Portland mayor, Uh, Ted Wheeler, while he dined out, one uh, observer pointed out that the monster he helped create is now feasting on him. And NFL ratings, they dipped in 2020. No big surprise there. The NFL's TV audience shrank some in 2020, but the league remains the top draw on ad-supported television. The regular season dipped by about 10% in TV viewership compared to 2019, stopping a two-year streak of audience growth. Across all the NFL's broadcast partners, CBS, ESPN, Fox, NBC, and the league-owned NFL Network, games averaged about 14.9 million viewers versus 16.5 million a year ago. The NFL's official figures, excluding four games that were moved due to COVID-19 outbreaks within the teams, is 15.4 million TV viewers, down 7% year-to-year. Viewing on digital pro- uh, properties raises the average to 156 NFL viewership trends to um, decline some in election years, and that was the case here. Four of the league's six regular weekly broadcast uh, windows had larger average audience in the second half of the season after the presidential election. And on this day in history, 1975, Judge John Cer- uh, Cerise, I'm sure I didn't pronounce that quite correctly, orders the early release from prison of Watergate figures John Dean III and Herbert Uh, kalmbach and jeb stewart magruder also on this day in history 1998 ramsey youssef the mastermind of the 1993 world trade center bombing is sentenced in new york to life in prison without the possibility of parole finally on this day in history 2011 representative gabrielle giffords is shot and critically wounded when a gunman opens fire as she meets with constituents in tucson arizona six people are killed 12 others are injured Well, the U.S. tallied 4,085 deaths, contributing to the 365,346 total fatalities recorded since beginning of last year. The United States surpassed 4,000 daily coronavirus deaths on Thursday, marking the highest number seen since the outbreak began. According to Johns Hopkins University, the U.S. tallied 4,085 deaths, contributing to the uh, total fatalities recorded since the beginning of last year. The U.S. also added over 274,000 cases on Thursday, while a testing positivity ratio pinned at 13.60%. California leads the country in new coronavirus cases, reported with uh, uh, Texas, Florida, and New York all experiencing spikes of their own. The data doesn't mention Arizona, which public health experts warned this week has become the hotspot of the world. Uh, It's way worse than July already, and it's going to continue to get worse. We're probably two weeks behind L.A. in terms of their situation. Uh, Will Humble, head of the Arizona Public Health Association, told the Associated Press. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll wind our way through some uh, additional serious news, but we'll take a look at some lighter side of the news as well. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
1: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Well, the U.S. lost 140,000 jobs during the last month of 2020, the first decline in employment since April, when a staggering 20.8 million jobs were lost as businesses shuttered and laid off workers during lockdowns, according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The unemployment rate remained steady at 6.7%, nearly double the 3.5% rate in December a year earlier, but down from a peak of close to 15 percent at the height of the lockdown in April. The economy is still down 10 million jobs since before the pandemic. A major factor in the job losses December suffered was the 372,000 jobs lost at bars and restaurants. As Some states reimposed lockdown measures and customers balked at eating out during the rise uh, rising number of cases in many areas across the country. Businesses laid off employees and some shuttered for good as they fought to, slay, to stay afloat. Employment also decreased in several other sectors, including recreation, uh, private education, government, and the hotel industry. Well, taking a look at some of the lighter side of the news, um, every year there's an annual list of banished words, and not surprisingly, COVID-19 dominated that list. Well, even as vaccines are being rolled out, To battle coronavirus, wordsmiths at Lake Superior State University in Michigan's Upper uh, Peninsula say that they want to kick any trace of it from the English language. COVID-19 and social distancing are thrown in with uh, we're all in this together in an abundance of caution and in these uncertain times on the school's lighthearted list of banned words and phrases for 2021. Out of more than 1,450 nominations sent to the school, about 250 words and terms suggested for banishment due to overuse, misuse, and uselessness. had something to do with the virus. Seven of the 10 selected are connected with the virus, with COVID-19 leading the way. Unprecedented, which was banished back in 2002, had been restored to the list. And to be sure, COVID-19 is unprecedented in wreaking havoc and destroying lives, banished words list committee members said in a release. But so is the Uh, over-reliance on unprecedented to frame things, so it has to go. The school in uh, in Pennsylvania has compiled the list each year since 1976, it says, to uphold, protect, and support excellence in language by encouraging avoidance of words and terms that are overworked, redundant, oxymoronic, cliched, illogical, nonsensical, and otherwise ineffective, baffling, and irritating. I think they should have put irritating at the top of that list. So far, more than 1,000 words or phrases have been made uh, to stand on the list. Nominations come from across the country and a number of other countries as well, joining past inductees as uh, absolutely or BFF, Caffefi, you might remember that early uh, on, and ya, or rather "you know. Okay, so on the list, some of the more popular, COVID-19, of course, social distancing, we're all in this together, in an abundance of caution, in these uncertain times, pivot, unprecedented, Karen, um, sus is a shorthand for suspicious, and I know, right? So there you have it, try to avoid them at all costs. Well, residents in Queens, New York are facing a serious squirrel problem. Multiple attacks have been reported in a local park, according to local news affiliates. The Singh family from Rego Park told the local media that their neighborhood has experienced around 20 unprovoked squirrel attacks since Thanksgiving. They have been randomly attacking people. Attacking is uh, anywhere from jumping onto them to scratching and biting aggressively. We don't know why this this is happening. Other Rego Park residents have been attacked so severely that they've... uh, Uh, been left bloodied by aggravated rodents, according to a recent photo and videos shared on social media. One 56-year-old resident told the New York Post that she was attacked by a squirrel in December. The squirrel didn't care. It just wanted something. It wanted blood, she said. For a few days afterwards, I would come out with a shovel just in case, looking all around. Well, it's not clear why squirrels in that particular New York City neighborhood are attacking Squirrels and many other small rodents are rarely found to be infected with rabies. Thankfully, if New Yorkers believe that they've observed an animal infected with rabies, they should report to their uh, 311 number. Any resident who's been bitten should contact their doctor and report it to the department's animal bite unit. Uh, Records on New York City Health don't show any positive cases of rabies among squirrels in 2020, nor have there been any confirmed infections recorded in the last 10 years. But, of course, 2020 stands out as, I'm going to use that word, unprecedented. The New York City Health Department received a complaint about an aggressive squirrel, actually plural, aggressive squirrels in Regal Park, and advised the property owner to hire a New York State licensed trapper. Spokesperson said for the agency, Uh, we are actively working with residents to get more information about the bite events and coordinating with a trapper. So I guess if something like that happens, you want to remove the uh, rodent, if you will, from the area. And a Massachusetts state lawmaker is asking for the public's health to select an official state dinosaur. State Representative Jack Lewis tweeted on Monday that he plans on filing the legislation on the 15th of this month adding that the effort is a good way for children to learn about the legislative process. I can think of perhaps better ways, but first, he says uh, he's asking residents to select from one of two dinosaur species discovered there in Massachusetts. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce either of them, but one means swift-footed lizard of Holyoke It was first discovered near Mount Holyoke in 1910, Um, the first woman to uh, name and describe a dinosaur, according to Lewis. Uh, The species was three to six feet in length, uh, weighed approximately 90 pounds, and was estimated to run nine to 12 miles per hour. The other, which means much sought after near lizard, was discovered in 1855 in Springfield. Uh, They were more than six feet long and about 60 to 75 pounds. Paleontologists have served as consultants for the project. So in an effort to get kids interested in the process of legislation, he's trying to come up with Massachusetts' official state dinosaur. I should mention also extinct dinosaur. Well, some names just really suit man's best friend. Dog DNA Analysis Company, Embark Veterinary, compiled the names that were most popular for dogs in the United States based on data it aggregated in 2020, and the results are in. The 10 most popular names for female dogs are, drum roll please, Luna, Daisy, Bella, Lucy, Penny, Stella, Lola, Piper, Ruby, and Willow. Now, out of these uh, top names, Embark noted that it tested nearly three times as many Lunas as Daisies this last year. The canine uh, genomics and biotechnology company also noted that Luna has risen in popularity among humans during the last two decades. So, um, according to the top 100 baby names of 2020, Luna was ranked at 18. A year prior, the name was about 22nd. The name of the uh, Roman goddess of the moon has been gaining traction since 1995. Hmm. For male dogs, the most popular names were Cooper, Milo, Finn, Charlie, Tucker, Ollie, Bear, Max, Lockie, and Moose. Um, Embark says that determining the most popular male dog names was quite a a close call between Cooper and Milo. However, Cooper won by a slight margin. Now, just then, I was broadcasting in the public interest. I have absolutely no interest in dog names or the dogs they represent. Well, the Army has soldiers. The Navy has sailors. Now, one year after the uh, creation of the Space Force, the Space Force has guardians. Of the galaxy, perhaps? Vice President Mike Pence revealed the moniker during remarks celebrating the first anniversary of the military branch on Friday. It is my honor on behalf of the President of the United States to announce that, henceforth, the men and women of the United States Space Force will be known as Guardians. The Vice President told a room of military and other government officials who broke into applause as Pence nodded and smiled, soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians will be uh, defending our nation for generations to come.
0: Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show Podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at KPDQ.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at GRice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at four for more critical thinking for critical times on ninety-three point nine KPDQ.